0: Hallelujah. Put your hands together. You can return to your seats. Woo! Thank you, worship team. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. We are blessed to have the team that we have. Can you just show them love today? They have worked hard this week. Yeah. We're blessed. Thank you, Rev Dev. There's so they're so good at what they do that our good friday service i like lost my voice they got me just singing and shouting and having a good time i'm like lord i need something for sunday so if you heard me a minute ago when i was like your name your name that's because I, i was they got me all excited friday and i've got so pray for me right now lord give me back what i need so we can get this word out today this truth out in jesus name amen happy resurrection family happy resurrection sunday amen if you have your bibles Oh, and allow me to properly introduce myself. Forgive me if this is your first time here. We thank you. We honor you. We are so glad that you are present with us. My name is Jamin Becker. I'm the pastor here at Impact Church. Uh, thank you. Oh, wow. Wasn't expecting that. Thank you. Am I supposed to bow? I don't know. Okay. Um, but all praise goes to Jesus, y'all. I'm just I'm just a vessel. He, he's the king. And um, I, just, I, I want to say to you on this Easter Sunday, 2023, we've been declaring something all year long. We've been declaring it in the year 2023 to give, uh, to pay some respects to the, to the goat himself, Michael Jordan. We've been declaring that this is our goat year. This is our greatest year. If this is your first time here, I want to speak it over to you as well. Something's going to shift even today in your thinking, in your perspective, in your faith, and God's going to turn everything that Satan meant for evil, and God's going to rearrange it, and He's going to work it for your good. your goat year in Jesus' name. You didn't have to be here January 1st for this. Receive it right now. It's my goat year. Amen. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 reads this way in, in verse 22. That's what I want to start today. Verse 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet I was so blessed by Ricky today, just worshiping God in that way. So blessed by, by Daniel and those that I saw down at this altar just falling at the feet of their king and worshiping. There's no shame in his presence, ladies and gentlemen. There really no, no shame in be identified as those who belong to him. But he, this important man named Jairus falls at the feet of Jesus, and he, ple, he pleaded fervently with Jesus. My, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. So Jesus agreed and went with him. I just want to encourage you with this real quick. If you have a need today that only God can meet, something that that requires a miracle, I want you to learn from this man. He didn't wait for God to drop it from heaven. He went to the miracle worker. He went to Jesus. And and so what happens? Jesus, because he went to Jesus, Jesus went with him. And a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Now, if you know the story, I'm going to skip ahead here just for a moment. But if you know the story, as they're going a woman bleeding for 12 years reaches out and touches the hem of Jesus garment and she's instantaneously healed. Okay. I'll get to that. Verse 35 is one I want to pick it up though. While Jesus was speaking to that woman, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they said this they said your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing, someone say overhearing. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe that's why you showed up today Jesus did not let anyone follow him except Peter James and John the brother of James And when they had come to the home of the synagogue leader Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly and he went in and he said to them Why all this commotion and wailing? This is crazy. The child is not dead she sleep, And they did exactly what you just did to me. They laughed at Jesus. So Jesus put them all out. And he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, Peter, James, and John. And he went in where the child was. And holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And here's what's crazy. If she is dead, here's the fact, if she is dead, then Jesus has now become ceremonially unclean. It was unlawful for a rabbi to touch anything that was dead, unless she's not really dead. Can I suggest to you that maybe Jesus knows something that we don't know about this little girl? and? Can I suggest to you that maybe Jesus knows something about your problem that you don't yet know? And maybe Jesus knows something about your future that you're worried about, but he already knows it's already worked out. Maybe just maybe Jesus knows something about the outcome. Maybe Jesus already knows something about the facts. Okay. Verse 42. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. But Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and then he told them to make her a sandwich. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. I just want to. I just want to give you today the 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 uh, the title of, of this this message, and it's, I believe it's an announcement over your life. And here's the title of my message today: The facts aren't final. Could you maybe just lean into the person next to you just for a moment and shout it all up in their face so they know the facts aren't final. Woo. Amen. Amen. Let me, uh, because there are children in the room, I, I like to have fun. Um, Pastor Olga will tell you that I'm just kind of a big kid at heart. I just, I'm just a big goof. I, just, I like to have fun. I don't like to be bored. That's why church should never be boring, ladies and gentlemen. Not, heaven's not going to be boring. <laughs> church should be boring. Maybe you've never heard that before. Amen. Well, here you are. And, and in, in, in my study, I was trying to, to research some, some Easter facts. Some Easter facts. And, of course, when you look up Easter facts, everything that comes up is fun Easter facts. Like, did you know that, that uh, Americans spend $1.9 billion on Easter candy? Second only to Halloween. Oh, give them that other fact, Tiana. Give them, that, give them that fact image. I love this one. Fact, Easter egg hunts are proof that kids can find things when they want to. Come on, parents. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost, amen. <laughs> all right, go, go back to those other facts. Go back to those other facts. <laughs> 70% of, of all Easter, fact, 70% of all Easter candy purchased is... Whew, Heaven's manna. Come on, somebody. Chocolates. Woo. Glory. to God. In fact, do I have any any chocolate lovers in the house? Any chocolate lovers? Do I? Do I? Do I have any 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 Easter bunny chocolate lovers in the house? EJ, EJ, come here, EJ, come here, EJ. I, I need one more. I need, I need, a, I need a, a lady that loves chocolate that isn't afraid. To... Come on, they ain't afraid. Come here, come here. They ain't afraid to stand on the stage. Come here. Come here. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for them. Hey, we're thankful for their lives. All right, Michael, let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. Come here. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Harvey. Your name is? Anissa. Anissa, pleasure, Anissa. this is EJ. What's up, my guy? This is for you. Okay. Now, we didn't want to wait. Since you love Easter chocolate, Easter bunny so much, why wait? Okay? When you get an Easter bunny, what's the first place you take a bite out of? Go ahead. Let me see it. Go ahead. Give it to me. Oh, is that right, EJ? Out the ears? Okay. The the ears. I am just totally embarrassing them right now on purpose. Okay? Because... 76% of us Americans all take a bite from the ears. 5% of you bite the feet, and 4% of you bite the butt. You're weird, okay? I pray for y'all, thank y'all, y'all are awesome. Enjoy that chocolate, enjoy that chocolate, amen. (laughs) Easter facts, 76% of us eat the ears. I don't know why, because it's right there. I. there's no no real definition for it. They just do. I got one more. Can I give you a a resurrection truth? Give me that last image, Etiana. He's not there. He is risen. Come on, somebody. Can you say amen? All right, all right, amen. (laughs) Let's get off that. We're going to be staring at that the rest of the time. The facts aren't final is what I'm trying to tell you. In Mark 5, what we'll see here is, If you read the the chapter in context, what you see is just before Jesus displays his power over death, he finds a man who's possessed with demons. In fact, so many, they identify themselves as legion. So before he shows his power over death, he shows his power over the demonic. I need you to know if there's anything coming against your life that is demonic, he's gonna demonstrate his power even today. Even today. So what we see here is he's got power over demons. And so as he, as he arrives to this area, his fame is clearly spreading. And I mean, so to the point, Rev, that an esteemed religious leader by the name of Jairus, who is important, he's, he is powerful, he is political, he, he has prestige. He negates all of that. And he falls to his knees. To Jesus and he pleads for his daughter's life and I guess I want to ask you just today because I don't care how important you think you are if your child is dying would you not do the same thing fall to your knees and say Jesus Jesus now before I get too far into this 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 message is not about parenting we'll, we'll do that at some point in the next couple months because some of y'all need a little help come on somebody Come on. I knew everything about parenting until I got a teenage daughter. Come on, somebody. And now I know nothing. I'm I'm learning. I'm relearning. Someone pray for your pastor. Come on. (laughs) But this isn't a sermon on parenting. I've learned something from this text, and I've learned something from life. You have to learn to give your kids to God. You have to give your kids to God. Yes, they're under your care, but can't nobody care for them and cover them the way God can? So this passage that we just read, it isn't so much about losing a child as it is about keeping your faith. Tiana, let's give them verse 35 again if we can. Verse 35. What we see is while Jesus is speaking, there is an interruption. Someone say interruption. Did, did you know that, that there's a big chunk of Jesus' ministry we're, here's what happens. He's interrupted. A big chunk of what he does happens in interruption. Jesus wanting us to see that ministry doesn't just happen inside the church. Ministry can happen even in the interruptions of, of life. And so, so naturally what happens here is Jesus, he's heading towards Jairus' house to heal his daughter. And what's going to happen? Interruptions. Two of them, to be exact. The first one forces Jesus to stop, and he turns around and he says, who touched me? Because as I told you, a woman who had been bleeding for 12 long years, doctors couldn't heal her. Medicine couldn't heal her. Nothing could fix her issue of blood. But she just said, had enough faith to say, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I believe that even his clothes have enough power to heal me of my disease. And as she touches Jesus, he stops a forced interruption. And he says, who touched me? Because I felt somebody's faith reach out and grab me and pull from me. I don't know why you came today, but if you have just a little bit of faith to say, maybe he won't speak to me, but if I could just touch a portion of him, maybe he'll speak to my situation and heal my problem. And so she touches the hem of his garment, and she's healed. Now here's what's crazy. As she's being healed after 12 years, Jaira's daughter, at the age of 12, is dying. Her interruption cost Jairus' daughter her life. Mark 5, 34. I don't even know if I have this on the screen, but here's what Jesus said to the woman who touched him in faith. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. It's not on the screen. I'm reading it to you. You can read it in your Bible later. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So the first interruption is a forced interruption from someone who got a healing while someone else now dies. The second interruption happens while Jesus is speaking to this woman. There's verse 35 again, Tiana. I'll give it now. We've got verse 35. As Jesus is speaking to her, some people from Jairus' home interrupted, and they gave Jairus this bad report. Your daughter is dead. In my spirit today, I want you to know that this is a word for somebody who has recently received a bad report. You received some news that has caused you to worry. It's caused you to fear. It's caused you to feel hopeless. But you still kept the faith. I want to speak a word to those who are keeping the faith right now. You keep believing God even in the interruptions. You keep believing God even in the face of that bad report. You keep believing God even when fear is present. You keep on believing God even though the facts seem final. And why am I telling you this? I'm going to give you four points quickly. Because the truth is this. When you put your trust in Jesus, your faith will be fought. This is just an inevitable fact of putting your faith in Jesus. Do you know that right now Satan is doing everything he can to steal your faith? I'm sowing seed of truth and Satan is trying to snatch up that word. He's trying to snatch up that. He's trying to steal your faith. I just came on an Easter Sunday to encourage you. At least make Satan work for it. At least make him work hard for it. I'm going to grab hold of this truth today because there's some stuff that is, that is fighting against your faith right now. And let's be honest, it's not a lie from Satan. There are things that are fighting your faith right now that it's scary because it's a fact. It, it, it is for real. But I just want you to know that not everything is from Satan. American Christians, we are obsessed with blaming everything on the devil. Everything is from Satan. Listen to me. Your junk drawer... Not everything in that junk drawer is bad. Some of it might be the devil, sure. But not everything in there is bad. In your your very life, I need you to know that it's not always an attack. It's not always the enemy. It's not always your haters. Sometimes it's... Because notice, notice, it wasn't the devil who gave Jairus a bad report. It was people from his own home. It was his friends, it was his family, and it was a fact. But verse 35 stood out to me because here's what happens. When I read it, I I see how they referred to Jesus. You see it? Look at the reference to the Messiah. They see him as nothing more than Mr. of Nazareth. Mr. Jesus, don't bother the teacher. Because to them, that's all Jesus was. But I, I believe this story gives us the gift of perspective. Because when things look the worst, look at verse 36. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just believe. This almost seems a little bogus for Jesus to say this to a man who just heard that his daughter was dead. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Why would Jesus say something so insanely politically incorrect at that moment? Here's why. Because he's not just a teacher. He's not just a healer, and I need you to know he is not limited by your opinions of him. The reason Jesus can say something crazy like, Don't be afraid, just believe, is my second point because Jesus knows who Jesus is, he knows who he is. Jesus is the Savior of the world, Jesus is the Great I Am, Jesus is the Good Shepherd, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, Jesus is the the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is and was and is to come. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He knows who he is. They say she's dead. And you know what happens in the text? Jesus doesn't argue with the facts. Instead, he just calls them to deeper faith. Don't be afraid. I need you to know this about your Savior. He's not denying the facts. He he doesn't deny a single thing that they said about what happened. But here's what's so powerful about this. It says overhearing what they said. He overheard what they were saying. He was talking to the woman who interrupted him. Telling her daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. And then he overhears them saying, Jairus, your daughter's dead. So, okay, I'm not going to deny that. But here's what's so powerful, what happens in verse 36. The Greek word that Mark uses here for overhearing is it's perikousos. Zai, you ready, my guy? It's a brilliant word. Zai is my living illustration. You know how that works. Dang it, Zai. If you were here around Christmas time, Zion interrupted my service (laughs) to let me know that Messi had just scored a goal. (laughs) And now he's interrupting my Easter service. All right. Hold on, Zion. Hold on. Stop. The Greek word here is paracousis. It's so brilliant because Jesus is hearing. Jesus overheard them say, she is dead. Why bother? Let, let me give you the, let's give him the meaning real quick, Tiana. Thank you, Zion. You're, hello. Are you going to go again? You going to go again? Okay, go again. Go again. I'm going to give you a little paracousas. It means to be unwilling to hear. To refuse. He overheard, but he was unwilling to hear. He refused to listen. He dismissed them. He didn't pay attention to them. Give it to me one more time, Zion. Give it to me one more time. Paracoustos does not mean that the message isn't trying to come through. Paracoustos means I can learn how to interrupt and ignore the interruption. I love this about iPhones. It's got a green button and a red button. And most of you have been hitting the green button every time Satan calls. But I want to teach you something here today. It's something called divine decline. I am done with your nonsense. I refuse to listen. I am dismissing what you're saying. I am not paying attention. Zion was interrupting me as an illustration because I know this about the devil. He does not speak audibly to me. He he does not speak, if you will, very, uh, he does not speak in in my ear. He speaks on the inside of my heart and my mind and sometimes that's louder than anything else I can hear with my ear. But I came to serve notice on the devil today. There's a little something called the ignore button, a decline button and I don't need to hear when you are spitting, devil. This means just because you want to talk doesn't mean I've got to answer. I don't have to listen to what you're saying. And I know right now, Satan is constantly trying to distract you and deceive you and depress you and make you doubt. But I came to tell you, Easter Sunday 2023, I found the decline button. It's called paracusus. It simply means I choose to ignore what you're Saying, I overhear you talking about me. I overhear you telling me it's over. I overhear you telling me to give up and quit. I hear you filling my mind with doubt, but I choose to hit decline. Decline. Listen to me it's not that I don't struggle, Zai, stop calling me. It doesn't mean that I don't have problems. It doesn't mean that in my life that I, I don't get sickness or, or, or I, don't, I don't have to battle sin. Decline simply means I decline to be defined by anything other than what God says about my life. Somebody help me with this divine decline today. I don't want to just decline the lies of Satan. I want to declare the truth of God's word. And 1 John 4 4 tells you, greater is she that is in you than anything in the world. I hold on to this decline. I refuse to hear what you're saying. What I'm trying to simply do is just teach you to do what Jesus did. Look at verse 40. Give me verse 40 again. Do what Jesus did. When he got to the house, he kicked everybody out who was making noise. Y'all are loud. you making too much noise. You're obnoxious. I'm not talking about in their praise. It was in their fear, in their grief, and their complaints. He says, shut up. Get out of my house. I love when people come over to my house and when it's about time to go, you hear me say it really loud. You ain't got to go home. I don't even finish it anymore. Because people already know what I'm implying by that. Time to go. I guess the point I'm trying to make is this. Jesus is letting them know, I can hear you. Any loud people in your life? I mean, just extremely loud people in your life. Are you married to one? One of the the loudest people I know, is actually two in one, is Devin and Dylan, the twins. You know when they're not in the room, in the building, no matter where you are. Because I can hear their volume, and I'm just like, my God, you are the loudest talker in the world, my guys. And I I hear what you're saying. I hear the the noise. I'm just choosing to decline it. I'm choosing to... Satan will get loud sometimes. Discouragement will get loud sometimes. The depression and fear will get loud. But you've got to make up your mind, you can't stay here. Get out. Get out. I don't need this nonsense right now. And I believe... I hear the voice of Jesus telling you today what He said to that little girl, Talitha cum, get up, get. It's my third point for you today. It is not time to give up. It's time to get up, get up. It's 2023. Get up and believe again. Get up and show forth the power of God. It's a statement right there. In that statement, Jesus makes to Jairus. He says, "Don't be afraid. Just believe." Believe what, Jesus? I mean, think about this. We know the end of the story. At this point, Jairus has no point of reference of what to believe. Just believe what? I mean, to him, maybe all he thinks is that Jesus is a teacher. All he thinks is that maybe, maybe Jesus is a healer. But what he does not yet know is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. And I can't find anywhere in the passage where Jairus says, okay, yes, Lord. i believe. Sure. Nothing is said. But you know what I see? A man who just kept following Jesus. Just kept going. I'm going to bring this down just for a moment because I, I need to say this. Sometimes faith feels like this. It feels like I just have to keep putting one heavy foot. I have to will myself to keep following because I can't see The outcome. All I see are the facts. And I can't see how God's going to turn this for good. And I want to encourage somebody who came in with a broken heart. Keep believing. Keep believing. I understand why Jairus would, would say, okay, you're right, guys. Never mind. Why bother the teacher at all? Because the facts suggest my daughter's dead. The facts say it's over. The facts say I should quit. But that's not what Jesus said. <laughs> Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe. I won't put anybody on blast. But after Good Friday service, almost midnight, I got a text saying, we need to pray right now. Someone's in the hospital and they might be dead. We just did what we know to do. Don't be afraid, just believe. Not much longer after that, I got another text saying, something miraculously happened, and we thought she was dead, but she is alive and making noise and letting us know. (laughs) Yesterday, my father had a serious situation with his blood pressure. He thought it was over again. We just went to prayer. Guess what he's doing right now in Chicago? He is standing at the pulpit, preaching the resurrected savior. Don't be afraid, just believe. Is it, is it, really, is it really that simple? Is it really that simple? All I gotta do is just kick everything out that's trying to tell me to quit. Everything that's trying to get me to doubt, I just gotta kick it out. Look at your neighbor and say, Kick it out. Kick it out. Kick it out. Now, don't get too forced and so start swinging a leg at them, okay? But kick it. Kick it out. And here's the thing, and I'll wrap up with this. Even though the facts say there's no point in asking Jesus, stay. This is where somebody's at in your faith today in, in April of 2023. You see the facts. And as you're taking all this information, as you're taking the statistics, you say, what's the point? Why bother? Jesus, there's no reason to stay. That's what the facts say. But faith says, if Jesus is still here, then maybe the facts aren't final. Let me illustrate this. I don't typically wear a hanky, but I got one today. I want to thank God for something in sports called instant replay. Y'all don't even know what it was like back in the day before we had it. Now, we could watch it on TV. We could see, bro, that was a terrible call. Who, who is paying off this official? This was wrong. My God, Coach Eric will tell you sometimes in, in, in Little League sports or in, 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 uh, in, in sports with kids, we just wish we could do instant replay. Get all the parents out with their iPhones and record everything so we can show the referee back. You missed the call. You don't suck. I'm here to help you not suck. You missed the call. I love instant replay. I love the fact that, especially in football, a coach can be like, oh, heck no. You missed that call right there, like a grenade, ah. (laughs) And I love the fact that the moment he challenges the ruling on the field or an eruption happens. Everything has to stop, and we have to go back and look at it once again. It gives, instant replay gives me another chance for everyone else to know that was incorrect. That was wrong. The facts say this, but I see something else. This is the value of challenging the lies of the devil. The value of challenging things that have been ruminating in your heart and in your mind for a long period of time. Time. now I don't know much about football let to be honest but I know a whole lot about something called faith and here's what I know about faith the Lord told me today to go ahead and throw a challenge flag on everything that Satan has made you believe I came to challenge the situation that makes you believe it's over I came to challenge the problem that has told you to give up I came to challenge that thing that said it's pointless it's irredeemable I came to challenge it why why Because I think you've forgotten. Who's still in the room? Who's still with you? Everyone else said it's over, but who's still standing there? The way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. Everybody else is gone, but guess who's still there with you? And I see Jesus showing up today in his striped referee shirt to challenge the lies of the devil and to tell you I threw a flag on that play. Now I've watched it and I'm gonna change the facts and. Let you know the truth! Your ruling has been overturned! What what? What? Jairus, Jesus, if he was done, he would have left. Bro, he's still there. And if he's still there, that means even in the interruptions, God is still going to do what he promised you he was going to do. I look back at a Friday 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary, Golgotha. I look at it, and I see the interruption. But you need to know what seemed like an interruption. Even death itself could not stop God from keeping his word to us. This is why the Bible says in Acts 2.24, but God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Jesus has let the enemy know today, I overturn the ruling on the field. Their conclusions, their outcome, their choices, their beliefs are overturned. He overturns the facts. Do you know that just one word from Jesus can completely overturn and overrule your hopeless situation? One word from Jesus can overrule what they said. They said, she's dead. He said, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Here's my last point. The facts aren't final. When God has the final word. Somebody take a moment and rejoice in this. Guys, said take a moment and rejoice in this. Rejoice in this. It's not the end. Come on, rejoice in this. It's just the beginning. Come on, rejoice in this truth. Rejoice in what the Word tells us in 2 Corinthians 5. Anyone who belongs to Jesus Christ is a new creation. Literally, you become a new person. The old has gone. Brand new things are present. Help me for just a moment. Let's throw up our hands right now in this place. I came to tell somebody here on April... The 9th, 2023, you've been putting too much faith in facts, too much faith in facts. How about you take a little faith away from the facts and put a little faith in your God, your great God, because he still has the final say in every situation. He still has the final say in the problem. He still has the final, I don't care what they've said, what he says is ultimate. What he says is supreme. What he says carries finality. His word is final. Look at me for just a moment. Look at me. Pastor Olga will tell you when we started this church 2009 we had different people tell us do you know that most church plants fail everyone hear what I said most church plants fail on average right now most pastors aren't even making it to the third through fifth year this job is just too, I get it, I'm living it Facts, preachers fail. Facts, churches fail. Statistics show us that. What I've noticed is since we started this church, I have helped so many people receive blessings, healings, deliverance, encouragement. I have been a vehicle God has used to give money to people, cars to people. I've, I've been there to see their marriages restored. I've, I've, God has used me to, to, to literally minister to all sorts of situations. Facts. Statistics. Also since 2009, I have had multiple people who I've loved and poured my life out for quit on me. Leave without a word. Betray me. Wrong me. Harm me. Hurt me. I'm no different than you facts statistics it's part of it and can we be honest since the quarantine of 2020 the facts the statistics tell us how many Christians gave up on giving tithing serving attending church it's just the facts I'm not condemning anyone it's just the facts but in case you didn't know facts facts And the truth are sometimes two different things. Can I give you some quick truths to dispute your facts? The facts say you're depressed and your heart is broken. But the truth is he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The facts are they lied on you. They abused you. They abandoned you. That's the facts. But the truth is he will never leave you nor forsake you. The facts are you've been bound by Satan. The facts are you've been bound by sin. The facts are you're still bound by the shame of the things you've done wrong. Those are the facts. But the truth is Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives and set the oppressed free the facts are the facts are every one of us in this room has lost someone we love to that thing called death and we've grieved we've mourned some of us can't move past it the facts are I've lost someone I love but the truth is Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life and the one who believes in me will never die somebody put a praise on the truth of who he is the way the truth and the life come on stand to your feet with me in this place today as i close out this easter service maybe you didn't know this christians we identify as christians but we're also called this we're called believers believers it's a term that is used for us as christians we're believers it doesn't matter if you're catholic or protestant you're a believer because you believe in jesus i came to tell you on this easter sunday don't be afraid I know you see the interruption I know people are telling you just give up and quit I know it feels like God can't fix this thing the facts are the facts but I want to remind you facts are not always truth Jesus is always the truth don't be afraid believer just believe and keep believing keep believing it's not a walk of sight it's a walk of faith I trust that you already know the outcome, and you will flip the outcome for my good. Can I invite you right now to lift your hands to the Lord? Father, you gave me this word today for your sons and your daughters in this room. Now I invite you, child of God, to lift up your hands by faith. Come on, stretch them out there by faith. Stretch out by faith. you need to know today, there is a Savior who showed up at Jairus' house, and he was not ashamed to reach out and touch a dead body. He was not afraid to touch the things that other people said. You can't touch that. You can't be around that. Jesus is not afraid to touch you in your situation. He's not afraid to reach out and grab a hold of you in your pain. He's not afraid to pull you out of your sin and your shame. So as you reach your hands to him, Father, I thank you that the love and grace of heaven is here today and God we are choosing right now to ignore we're choosing to hit decline on every bad report we hit decline on the lies of the enemy we hit decline on the facts they keep spewing we hit decline and today we hit accept to your word I accept your truth I accept your promises I accept what you say Lord God give somebody a word for their sorrow right now God give somebody a word for their weeping right now God give somebody a word for their pain right now God give somebody a word for their addiction right now give us a stone rolling away kind of word give us a Lazarus come forth kind of word God give us a word that transforms us from death unto life from sin unto righteousness from sorrow and shame to holiness and transformation in Jesus name all over this room i'm going to invite you right now if you are not a believer this is the best of all possible lives y'all it's the it's the best walk it's the it's the best way because this isn't religion look at me look at me christianity is not a religion it's not we, it's identified it but you know what it really is true christianity is relationship with god the father through jesus christ our lord that's what it is, that's what it is. so listen i don't care if you call yourself a pentecostal or a lutheran or a, or a catholic or a baptist an episcopalian i don't care if you call yourself non-denom it don't matter to me what you call yourself what matters to me is what god calls you what he says about you and because of jesus I'm identified as a child of God God wants that for you as well this whole thing is more than just religious symbolism this is sacrifice because you could not pay the debt for your sins a holy righteous carpenter by the name of Jesus lived a sinless perfect life So at the very moment it was necessary, he could take all of your sins on himself and then die to sin, four sins, so that you and I can live for righteousness. All over this room, I want to invite you to join this family of God. You don't have to join my church, just join this family. Join this family. I'm asking if you would close your eyes and just repeat this simple prayer after me. This prayer won't save you. Faith in Jesus will save you. Let me say that again. I don't know how you were raised, but the sinner's prayer doesn't save you. Faith in Jesus and His atoning blood saves you. Repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you now. I need you. I recognize that I am a sinner, and I see that you are the Savior forgive me for all my sins forgive me for everything I've said and done that hurt the heart of God I repent of my sins I turn away from my wicked ways and I choose to follow you thank you for your love Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for coming back from the dead. Thank you for eternal life with you in heaven. I believe this in Jesus' name. Let all God's people say amen. Amen. Come on, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. For those who are regular members at this church you're surprised that i'm landing this plane before noon but ha, gotcha but here's what i want to say if you are here for the first time or if you haven't been in church for a while today is unique not because it got you back to this building it's unique because god wants to establish a new routine in your life is tommy in the room tommy you in the room don't you're good, sir. I just want to make sure. T- Tom, Tom Patterson was telling me this stat the other day. Check this out. He was telling me that people who read their Bible once a week, typically Sundays, doesn't do much for them. They read it twice a week, maybe Sunday and, and Wednesday. really doesn't do much for them. They read it three times a week, and, and maybe, just maybe, they start to think a little differently. But when they give God the majority of their week... Statistics shoot up astronomically when you begin to get in the word of God four times a week, five Here's what happens, here's what happens. The facts are, Tommy, the stats are, depression starts to drop off big time. Joy and happiness and outlook begins to shift big time. Anger, racism, problems, your perspective just begins to shift Here's, here's, all, here's all I'm trying to tell you because I, I love you. If you are a priester, I still love you. Okay? And I thank God for you. But listen to me God is trying to help you establish a new routine in your life because too much has weighed you down and oppressed you and angered you and confused you and belittled you and literally messed up your life. And God is saying, Start giving me, give me the majority of your week. Give me every one of your Sundays and watch what I begin to do in your thinking, in your hearts, in your relationships, in your health, in in your finances. Watch what God begins to do. This is my shameless plug to say come back next Sunday. Start a new routine. Pick up your Bible three more times this week and watch what begins to happen in God's presence. I've got stats, Tommy. I've got I've got facts, Tommy. But the truth of his word remains eternal. And God's got better for you in this goat year than anything you've experienced before. So every Sunday, here's what we've been doing as of late. I dismiss the service For everyone that's got what they need from God, you've came, you've received, you're happy, you're full, I can't handle anymore, I'm out of here. I love you, God bless you, happy Resurrection Sunday to you. To those of you who need something else from God, you felt like this was an interruption, but I'm going to keep following until I get what my faith says I could have. What I'm going to do is I'm going to switch this service and I'm going to invite you to join us at the front. Pastor Beto and Pastor Olga and our different leaders, we're gonna come and we're gonna lay our hands on you. And we're going to agree with you that today is the day of your resurrection. Today is the day of your miracle. Today is the day of your healing. Today is the day of your deliverance. Maybe it isn't for you. Maybe it's for a loved one, a a neighbor, a co-worker, a family member. We will agree with you today. And I know what God is doing because literally I get text messages at midnight. And by the morning, God has already worked all things together for good. It's just the season we're in. Our faith is going to new levels. So if God has been good, if you're thankful for the resurrection of Jesus, throw up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. God bless you. Happy resurrection Sunday. We'll see you next Sunday. Join us. Anyone else who needs prayer? Come on. Come on. You need prayer? Come on. Come on. We want to agree with you today. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Come wherever you are. Come wherever you are. Come.